Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Working on the dance here on Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Nigel in for Freddie Coleman, along with Harry Douglas. Harry, how you doing, bud? One hour in, you're on one, for those who are not aware, you're on one hour of accidental sleep as you were planning on not sleeping in your hotel last night because you had such an early flight after the Sugar Bowl that you decided you weren't going to sleep, accidentally fell asleep for an hour. How you holding up? I have a natural high. There are people out there that need a substance, not me. I walk around with a natural high every single day, baby. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. We're an hour into the show. Uh, the next three hours are going to be a breeze for me All as right. well. So I don't have to worry. Like, I, I will cover for you. If I, see, if I look over and I see you like just dozed off, you know, taking a quick snooze, like, I'll keep talking, no. man. I'll Dozing keep talking. Off. I'll cover for you. I won't call you out on it. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I got your back. I got you're your back, boy. bud. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> Freddie and Harry. It is time for the Freddie and Harry NFL Selection Committee. Who's in? Are they in? And who's out? Where are they? Out, out. It's time to find out from the Freddie and Harry Selection Committee. I filled in on the show last week. This was one of my favorite things that we did. And if you're new to the show, we're going to take the top four teams, just like college football. And every time you see the Selection Committee put out their top four teams, the next two that are closest to being out... I don't know. This might be even one of the last times we can do this, right? Because the, the playoff goes to 12 next year. We had our semifinals last night, championship on college football next year, or uh, next week, and next year it goes to 12. Yeah. But, who do you, I think we're going to all agree here, but who do you have at number one? Num- well, damn, I didn't know it was the NFL draft, but let's keep it moving. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens, and when you look at this football team, I think top to bottom, they're complete. You look at Lamar Jackson, who is the MVP leader when it comes to those regards, but you also look at how dominating they've been. That offense has finally come along. Isaiah likely stepping in, you know, for Mark Andrews and doing an amazing job. Zay Flowers balling out. Odell Beckham Jr. saying that he's been on, he's on the best team that he's ever been on top to bottom. That defense, Roquan Smith leading the way. What a one-handed interception by him versus Oof. the Miami Dolphins. But they, they, they aren't they are only winning football games against meaningful teams. They're drastically beating those football teams. And John Harbaugh, the culture that's in Baltimore – says everything about their organization that needs to be said. That's why they're the best team in the National Football League. As long as Lamar Jackson is healthy, they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. They're going to have an opportunity to win the NFC North, I mean AFC North, and have an opportunity to win the uh, the AFC and represent them in the Super Bowl. So I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. There's no doubt it's the Baltimore Ravens. And I don't think anybody would have blamed them if they had a little bit of a letdown game against the Dolphins this past Sunday. Because one of the hardest things to do, I think, and and Mike McCarthy used to talk about this all the time when he was in Green Bay, was stacking successes. 
Right, like it, sometimes you have that letdown. It's just part of human nature. And after just absolutely demolishing the 49ers, you could have had a letdown. No, kept the foot on the gas and put up a 50-burger against the Miami Dolphins and just thrashed them and left no doubt about who the best team in the AFC is and who the best team in the NFL is. The Ravens are clearly number one. And what's also been impressive is this offense, the way it's come together, because how many times in the last handful of years, Harry, have the Ravens suffered a seemingly devastating injury the way they had with Mark Andrews this year? And that just derails the whole thing, yep. right? That just derails the whole offense. But, no, they've got different playmakers. They've got guys like Gus Edwards stepping up in the running backs. They've, they've got uh, Isaiah Likely. They've got Zay Flowers and OBJ on the outside. So many different playmakers, so it's not all on Lamar. And now you're seeing some of that pressure being lifted off Lamar, and now he's also possibly playing some of the best football in his career, and that makes this team so dangerous. It's no doubt that this team is number one. Of course they're, they're number one, but question for both of you guys. Harry, what's your biggest question mark right now, if anything right now, that you would still have about this Ravens team or that you need to see more on a more, more consistent basis? Um, I would probably say because early in the year – we've seen this football team blow leads. Now, we haven't seen that of late, um, but I want to make sure that that doesn't creep back at any moment because we all know when you get to the playoff playoff time, if you allow one of those things to happen, then that means you're going home. Secondly, I would probably say health. Lamar Jackson, as long as he's healthy, this football team has an opportunity. If Lamar Jackson is not healthy, this football team does not have an opportunity, in my opinion. I think they've kind of already answered that question, though, and and I think that's fair. Like, they did blow some leads, and I think the one everybody thinks of is the game against Cleveland, where they lost 33-31. I think they were up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Couldn't hold on. But it seems like they've had those leads in the fourth quarter the last two weeks against some of the best teams in the NFL, and they've been able to keep that foot on the gas. It feels like they've learned that lesson of, hey, we cannot let up because any offense at any time can just have that quick burst and have that big fourth quarter, and we don't want to make – we want to make sure that we keep our foot down so we're constantly pushing the ball down the field. I I don't have many questions about this team. Yes, health clearly a big one because Lamar Jackson has had issues staying healthy. I doubt he ends up playing this week. It seems like they've – I mean, they do have the number one seed wrapped up. He's got the MVP wrapped up. Doesn't make sense for him to play. I think this team is about as complete as there is in the NFL and and especially in the AFC. Let's go to number two. Number two. Who are you taking at number two, Harry? Yeah, I'm going to still stick with the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're the second best football team uh, in the NFL. I also do believe if them and the Baltimore Ravens were to play again, I don't think it would probably be the massacre that we witnessed a few night a few weeks ago. Uh, on Monday Night Football on Christmas night, I believe it will be a better it would be a better game because the two teams do match up, you know, kind of equally with one another. Now the quarterback position is uh, I'm taking Lamar Jackson over Brock Purdy. Yep. Uh, any day in, in in those regards, but I think everywhere else, I think this football team is pretty evenly matched. But when you look at this team right now, Christian McCaffrey, right? He has a calf injury. I think it's imperative. They they have the number one seed in the NFC right now. It's imperative that he gets healthy when it's time for him to play again and he's, he's, he's full throttle because he's such a weapon not only in the run game but in the pass game. And 
not only in the run and pass game, but run after the catch or when he's in the open field, being able to make guys miss and take it the distance for touchdowns. So that's going to be pivotal. Also, you have to make sure Trent Williams is 100%. Had a little groin injury a few weeks ago. You want to make sure that's not going to hamper or bother him moving moving down the line because Trent Williams is, is very valuable to any and everything that you want to do when it comes to physicality, your run game, and protecting your quarterback. I think the discourse on Brock Purdy went too far the other way when he had four interceptions. Look, do I, I understand why he's, he was in the league MVP discussion because the way he's playing, and he's not just a game manager. He's better than that. But the four interceptions, he's also not that guy either, right? Like He's, he's definitely somewhere in between, and I think you saw more of that. He, he was able to make some plays against Washington this last week. This is also another complete football team. Like There's not a lot of questions outside of their health. And, you know, with having the number one seed – you can have Trent Williams get healthy. You can sit Christian McCaffrey and not worry about it. Hey, you got two weeks to get that calf ready for whoever we end up playing in the divisional round because we've got the one bye in the NFC. This is a dominant team. And especially when we start taking a look at the other teams in the NFC and contenders, the Ravens did put a blueprint out there. The problem is you need to have the right personnel to copy the blueprint. I don't think that in order to bully the 49ers – who can bully the 49ers in the NFC the way the Ravens did? I don't think there is anybody. I think the 49ers are clear favorites in the NFC. I have a hard time seeing them not going to the Super Bowl unless the injury bug does get them because that's what slowed them down during the three-game losing streak earlier this season. The 49ers, when you watch them, are clearly one of the best two teams in the NFL. Pretty obvious to be the number two team to me. We go ahead and move on. This is where things get interesting now. Mm-hmm. Freddie and Harry, NFL Selection Committee, picking our top four teams and two on the outside looking in the way they do in college football, but in the NFL as we now pick number three. Number three. Number three, Shannon. Who do you want to nominate and put here, Harry? Mm. Number three. Mm. So, Shannon, you know, I had a stomach virus last week, and I had, well, a food poison, I should say, and Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to keep it real with y'all. I was on the toilet, and I was dropping the Browns off at the Super Bowl. So the Cleveland Browns are my number three team on the list this week. I've been trying game yeah, I, for the I, last. I agree. That's an interesting reason to have them at number three. I, I agree. I, I, but, like, <laughs> interesting reason. Wait, hold on. Why you say Shannon first? Before... <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 are you the one who poisoned them? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> are you blaming <laughs> Shannon? Well, Shannon, Shannon knew. Shannon knew I had food poisoning. He knew. <laughs> Shannon knew I was. Shannon knew I was going number two and throwing up at the same time. <laughs> Boy, so no lie, y'all. In two days, I lost nine pounds. Oh man! In two days, I, I had to push two flights back. I had to get on the very, very last flight, like eleven something at night, <laughs> to go to New Orleans. It was bad. It was it was very, very bad. But the reason why I have the Cleveland Browns at number three, uh, Joe Flacco brings a different dynamic to this football team. David and Joku, he's unlocked him. We see how happy he is. Amari Cooper, he's happy. This past offense of the Cleveland Browns, under Joe Flacco, who's four and one as a starter, has looked the best has looked in two years. On top of, you look at their schedule and who they've beaten. They've beaten the 49ers. They have beaten the Ravens. They've beaten the Jaguars, the Steelers, the Colts, the Bengals, and the Texans. The Cleveland Browns, a team I've been trying to get on this list for the last two or three weeks, are number three on my list this week. So I was in your position last week, Harry, 
when we were doing, I was doing the show with Aaron Goldhammer, who does shows in Cleveland. So I, I, it didn't take much convincing to get him to put the Browns at three. But the Browns are the third best team right now in the NFL. If we're going right now, if you're checking off things that you need in order to compete for a Super Bowl in the NFL, the Browns are checking off all the things right now. They have the dominant defense? Yeah. Do they have the defensive player of the year? Yes. I, I still can't get over Harry because I've never seen it, and I don't know if I'll ever see it again. When you have Miles Garrett just kind of going from one side of the you know, defense to the other and blockers <laughs> are following him? Like, you're the offense. You're supposed to be dictating. No, not with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett dictates to you. So this defense is playing great. They've got the playmakers that you mentioned now. Amari, you know, he had to sit out the Thursday night game, but I think he's going to be fine going forward. You bring up Najoku. They can run the football. But the big thing that you need in order to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, you need elite-level play at quarterback. And who's been better than Joe Flacco? Over the last five weeks, it's an insane thing to say out, out loud, but who's been better than Joe Flacco in the last five weeks in the NFL playing quarterback? Listen, he doesn't get enough credit for his ball handling, Pauls, right? The way he his play fakes in the backfield, it, it, when they're in third and one, fourth and one, third and two, third and three situations, it allows the defense to suck up and make them think that it's actually a run play, which allows tight ends and wide receivers to get wide open. Plus, he's the class of 2008 NFL draft class, and he's still representing for all the rest of us. So shout out to Flacco. <laughs> um, and, and, and you look, you he talk about take, their defense. He, he didn't take a little break, but he's back now. Yeah, you talk about their defense. They're number one in total defense. They're number one in pass defense, and they're number one in third down defense. I like the Cleveland Browns at number three. Shannon, what about you, man? I was going to try to disagree, but I can't at this moment. Cleveland Browns <laughs> at number three. <laughs> it sounds like you got a stomach virus, <laughs> food poisoning over there. Shannon has to boo-boo. You can't, you, 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 can't fight, you can't fight against it. That's the problem. You can't fight. It makes too much sense. Try to, try to make a case for somebody else over the Browns, and I can poke a hole in that team. Maybe you don't trust Joe Flacco. Do that at your own risk because, again, over the last five weeks, nobody, very few players. If, if, it is, if it's anybody, it's one or two players. He's in that list of top five players who have been playing quarterback over the last five weeks. Let's get to who number four is. Number four. This is where things can get interesting, Harry. I think we may have our first disagreement, but we'll see. Who do you got at number four? I have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills still have an opportunity right now to get the number two seed and win the AFC East in their division. They also have beaten the Dolphins. They've beaten the Bucks, who's first right now in the NFC South. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Cowboys. Um, I really like this football team, and they can be dangerous in the playoffs as well. So I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I would want to put the Dallas Cowboys here, and part of this is because the route that they have to the Super Bowl, thanks to what happened yesterday, or a couple of days ago with the Philadelphia Eagles blowing that game against the Cardinals, because right now the Cowboys are the two seed, and they have been so good at AT&T Stadium. Yes, they would, always, they would also have to go to San, Fr- San Francisco at the end of the day if they win their first two playoff games. But them being at home makes a world of difference, and they look like a completely different football team. I understand they got fortunate in the way that they were able to beat the Lions because of Brad Allen not being able to figure out who's eligible, who's not eligible, who reported, who didn't report. But I think the Cowboys are just, they have dynamic playmakers defensively. The Bills are just, especially with Josh Allen, I, I, I would, I'd probably have the Bills at five or six here. 
but they didn't look as good as I wanted them to against a really bad New England team on Sunday. Hmm. Okay. And I, I just don't think okay. that they are, despite beating the Cowboys not that long ago, they just they haven't kicked it fully into that gear. I think that. I want them to be. So I would put the Cowboys at four. I would argue for the Cowboys over the Bills at four. Shannon? I'm going to go with Harry here. I would say the Buffalo Bills right now. They're what, what winners of what, four straight? One of the hottest teams in the league right now. They're coming into their own. Joe Brady's doing his thing right now, offensive coordinator. I would have to side with Harry here and go with the Buffalo Bills at number four. They are becoming the team. Even I would even argue they're the team that, quote, unquote, no one wants to play even more than the Browns. Now, Gabe. When you said the Cowboys, I cannot put the Cowboys over the Bills when the Bills just beat them 31-10 and rushed the football for 40, 49 carries, 266 yards, that was in Buffalo. and three touchdowns. That was in Buffalo. They're a completely different team inside AT&T Stadium. Completely different team. I don't know what it is when they leave the state of Dell or they leave the state of Texas, but they become a completely different team. That being said, you bring with the Bills – incorporating more Josh Allen into their run game has made a world of difference for them. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, to me, is a huge difference since making the change at offensive coordinator. When you look at the rushing attempts for, for, for Josh Allen, they have gone way up, especially over the last four or five weeks. And I think he's got eight touchdowns in the last five games running the football. It's a huge part of his game. It's a part of what makes him special, and the Bills do need to keep leaning into that. So for the Freddie and Harry Playoff Selection Committee... In the NFL, we have the Bills at number four. Let's take a quick look at the two teams we have on the outside looking in, starting at number five. Number five. Okay, number five for me, and this is a this is a, a chess piece because I would have had a team above the Dallas Cowboys at five if they didn't get cheated out of a two-point conversion this weekend. So sure. I have the Cowboys at number five right now, uh, in which you had them at number four. Yeah, so I, I would put the Cowboys here as well. So many dynamic playmakers that they have offensively. Dak's playing really good football. They've got guys that can make plays on the defensive side. I think they are a dangerous team as long as they are at home. If they can be that two seed, look out for the Cowboys. As the, it's crazy because as the five seed, I can't have any faith in them. If they, if they end up as the five seed and they have to go on the road, like, I don't think that, you know, I, I would have a trouble picking them against the NFC South winner at that point. But at home... I feel so much better about them. I do have the Cowboys at five as well. What about number six? Number six. Number six, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I really like what I've seen from this football team versus the Cowboys. Like I just mentioned, that actually should have been a win for them. And it's very unfortunate because the Detroit Lions had an opportunity to still have the number one seed at that time. Um, at worst, they were probably going to get the number two seed. So for things to be taken, taken away from them in those regards, it's sad. And the NFL needs to start doing something about it because I'm sick and tired of it watching it as a viewer. Right When things are being explained to referees before the game, when certain guys are going to the referee and we have the camera view, the eye in the sky never lies, reporting that he's eligible for a play, that they practiced the entire week, something has to be done about it. But I got the Detroit Lions at number six. I want to make an argument for the Chiefs, but I feel like it would be a bad faith argument at this point because I, I still think the Chiefs are an incredibly dangerous team. And even though everybody wants to keep giving up on them. But as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are the co- head coach and quarterback of that team, they're going to be dangerous and nobody wants to play them in the AFC. But if we're looking at this as a playoff selection committee, the Lions have earned it more 
to this point over the Kansas City Chiefs. I love to do it for the Chiefs, but the, the Lions, as much as I cannot trust them in the postseason because, well, they haven't won one since 1992. <laughs> the Lions have earned the right to be in that spot. And tip of the cap, man, to, to Dan Campbell, I, the what he has done in Detroit, they've been trying to find that dude for literally 30 years, and they have finally found him. And the Lions are a fun, fun team to watch who did absolutely get robbed on Saturday night. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. The Ravens are atop the Freddie and Harry NFL Selection Committee standings. So what makes this team so special? We'll dive in and ask one of their offensive playmakers. Coming up next, Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Nigel in for Freddie Coleman along with Harry Douglas. And ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Five touchdowns. Come five touchdowns for the front runner for the MVP in Lamar Jackson. Look, that, that race is over. He's minus 10000 to win the MVP, meaning you would have to bet $10,000. You'd have to put down $10,000 just to win 100 if you wanted to bet on Lamar Jackson to win the MVP right now. The way that Baltimore has looked the last two weeks, dismantling the best team in the NFC in the 49ers, taking care of a team that right now is the two-seed, although could lose that if they lose to Buffalo coming up this weekend in Miami as well. Baltimore is clearly the best team, Harry, in the AFC. But what other team in the AFC do you think is the biggest threat to the Ravens? I'm going to go with the team that's in their own division. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. And I know a lot of people are going to be shocked by me saying that because you do have the Buffalo Bills. But the way the Cleveland Browns play defense, they're the number one total defense for a reason. They're the number one pass defense for a reason. They have a guy who's a game changer, who's a game wrecker in Miles Garrett. And – I bring them up because of the quarterback position. 
we've seen this offense be unlocked. Joe Flacco, he's played in this offensive system once before when he was with the Baltimore Ravens. So he's comfortable in that system. They have Amari Cooper doing his thing. And even though the Cleveland Browns have so many, you know, season-ending injuries and players on IR, uh, when you look at Deshaun Watson, when you look at Nick Chubb, when you look at Jedrick Wills Jr., Jack Conklin, the two starting tackles, you look at players on the defense side of the ball, they've still been able to hold the fort together. They've still been able to get things done and win football games and look pretty damn good in doing so. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Um, David Njoku, man, has been so excited uh, since having a guy like Joe Flacco. But it's going to be a tough task because the Baltimore Ravens are a damn good football team, Gabe. They, yeah, they, they have been a damn good football team. And helping them to a big win this last week was their tight end, Isaiah Likely, who joins us now here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Isaiah, certainly appreciate it. And you had a big play in the game against the Dolphins. It was still relatively tight in the first half. You guys decide to go for it. You're aggressive on fourth down. You end up with a one-handed catch that you end up taking to the end zone. What's going through your mind when you're making a play like that in a game like that on this past Sunday? Uh, yeah, so, you know, breaking the huddle, uh, really just seeing, you know, what coverage they were going to give us for a fourth down look. And then when I seen it with man coverage, really the first time my mind was just be my man and give L, you know, an outlet to throw the ball. So when I broke, broke off on uh, man coverage, I broke, you know, had a guy holding my right arm, you know, made, made a catch, and then all I see in my eyes is six. I went to the score. And Isaiah, I got to ask you this because, you know, y'all starting tight end uh, previously before you was Mark Andrews. He goes down in the Cincinnati Bengals game. So now you have to be that number one guy. And we're talking about your football team, the Baltimore Ravens, being a Super Bowl contender. Take us through your mindset, number one, when Mark Andrews goes down and now you have to become that number one guy, but not wanting to let your teammates down and making sure you're able to hold a fort down from that time tight end position. Take us through your mindset and, and, and what you was thinking that you had to, you know, accomplish moving forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, when Mark went down, you know, it's, all, it's one of those, like, big brother aspects, like, you know, I never want to see when, when your brothers, when your teammates hurt. So, obviously, you know, running over to him, making sure, like, trying to see if it was wasn't as bad as it, as it seemed. And then, you know, when we got the news that he wasn't going to finish the game, I mean, we all made the huddle, like, all right, this one's for Mark. And, we're gonna deal. We're gonna deal with adversity when the game's over. So, you know, finishing that one in uh, at the bank for him, and then, you know, along the way, I mean, just always keeping everybody on our team that's been, you know, banged up throughout the season, even Mark, you know, just in the, in our prayers, knowing that you know we got them as mu- as much of the way. I mean, they are part of the family as much as anybody. You know, and then you know, for the tight end one aspect, just you know, being on my feet all each day and majoring on the on the little details and remembering that you know. They chose me for a reason. So how how does it make you feel, though, you know, when Mark goes down, but your quarterback, Lamar Jackson, has faith in you and says, next man up, we believe in Isaiah Likely, that he's going to be able to get the job done. How does that make you feel, and how much confidence did that give you? Uh, You know, it's it's one that's for your confidence. I mean, having, you know, the MVP, Lamar Jackson, you know, tell you how good you are and, you know, that you don't, the offense doesn't have to skip a beat. You know, it doesn't have to change nothing in the offense just because he believes in you so much, be able to fill, fill in the role and be able to do everything that you do. 
and uh, and still have you know the best offense in the league. So I mean, it does one. Isaiah Likely, Baltimore Ravens tight end, joining us here on Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Gabe Neitzel, along with Harry Douglas on the show today. What makes Lamar Jackson so special? <laughs> uh, other than his MVP, I mean, you know, just him being a two-play quarterback. I mean, with Lamar, you always, you always got to listen to that that whistle. I mean, Lamar can get out of any situation that you guys have seen all year, and he can make any play with his arm or with his legs, and always, you know, and being a leader not only on the field but off the field. So it's nothing like being able to play at the crib. I see you're from Cambridge. Uh, it's, oh, no, you're from Massachusetts. I thought it said Maryland for a second. But t- talk about playing in that area, the DMV area, man, and how they've been able to embrace not just you but everyone on that football team. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been great. I mean, going to the bank, the, I feel like the atmosphere is electric. It's it's hard. It's, it's it's more hard to tell you than than for you to see in person. I mean, the fans know exactly who you are. They're diehard fans. They let you know that you know if you wear any other color, but you know that 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 black that black and purple is going to be it's going to be a Friday evening. So you know, having those having them there every playoff game is going to be tremendous for us. So we share a common ally, multiple common allies. Your head trainer, Adrian Dixon, I was in Tennessee with him. Another one of your trainers, Ron Medlin, I was in Atlanta with him. And then Michael Blankenship, I was in Atlanta with him. You tell those three damn stooges, those three slaps, that Harry Douglas, (laughs) when I see him, I got something to say to him. You make sure you tell him I said that, man. I got you. I got you, my man. Isaiah Likely, Ravens tight end, joining us here on Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gab Nigel in for Freddie Coleman today, along with Harry Douglas. When you have to, you know, be thrust kind of into that starting role, as you know, you were just kind of talking about earlier with Mark Andrews. What what have you been able to do this year and grow from your rookie year and make that leap in year two in the NFL? Uh, really, just you know, being more. Outspoken and more vocal. I mean, as a rookie, you know, you try to just sit back, watch, and, you know, try to just imitate what the vets are doing, whether it's on the football field, off the football field, in the film room. You know, going from year one to year two, you know, trying to really, you know, hone in on your confidence and everything, and then just, you know, having running into a tight end one role, you know, just being outspoken with not only questions, but like things you don't see that you don't feel that, you know, that you have going right. I mean, whether it's in route detail, run blocking, or even questions in the film that you might think are stupid at that point in the meeting. So y'all defense, man, they're physical, they're fast, they're intentional when they get to the ball carrier. Talk about practicing against those guys because it's not for the weak. It's not for the weak-minded. It's not for, you know, guys that don't want to be physical at any position, talk about practicing against your defense and how it's been able to make games be that much more easier because they are one of the top defenses in the National Football League. For sure. I mean, you know, the, the mantra for us is to win practice. I mean, the practices are like game, game-like atmosphere when we go against, you know, the best defense in the NFL. So, you know, we feel like as long as the offense, if the play works out on them, it's definitely going to work out Sundays. And I feel like defense is the same – does the same thing in their mind. So, you know, having having dogs go out and practice every day it makes it Sunday up. That's a lot more easier. 
Isaiah, we certainly appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us. Best of luck in the playoffs. Enjoy the bye week, by the way. Already wrapping up that before the regular season ends. Thank you. Thank you. Look, you tell Michael Blankenship, I knew him before he got big time. Tell him don't big time you at any given moment. If, if, if any, all three of them, if they try to big time you, Isaiah, you come back to Freddie and Harry, you let me know. I got your back. Don't worry about I nothing. I got you. I got you. Isaiah Likely, Ravens tight end, joining us here on Freddie and Harry, number one seed in the AFC. That baby's already locked up for Baltimore. We head back to the college game, though, coming up next. Because is Michael Penix Jr., is he putting himself in the conversation to be the first quarterback selected this spring in the NFL draft? Seems ridiculous, but we're going to answer that question. Coming up next, Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Biggest game of your life, and you respond by going 29 of 38, 430 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. That's all Michael Penix Jr. did yesterday, leading Washington to a victory over Texas to send the Huskies to the college football playoff national championship game next Monday. This is Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Nidesel, along with Harry Douglas and ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I don't know how, because he ended up finishing second in the Heisman race. He continues just to do things that that amaze in terms of the statistical things that he puts up because they relied so much on him all season long throwing the football in Michael Penix Jr. But somehow all season long, Harry, it feels like he flew under the radar. And I was so happy to see him in that biggest stage that he's had in the college football playoff semifinals have the game that he had last night. No, it was very impressive. And to sit there and, and watch it with my own two eyes in person, um, it was that more, much more remarkable. And we're talking about a guy, man, who doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He always stays even killed. And I think it, it also helps his football team uh, when things aren't going right. And when you can see your leader not having bad body language, when you can see your leader not getting distracted and still, you know, having the mindset that, hey, we need to stay the course, I think it pays dividends for this football team. And for him to go out and on the stage that he had against that defensive line that a lot of people were saying was going to dominate the Washington Huskies, we see them in the pocket, maneuver pressure. We see them have the awareness. We see them slide to the left, right, move up in the pocket. But at each moment, never did he look down at the rush. He has a natural knack for keeping his eyes downfield but not only keeping his eyes downfield, having the arm strength, having the accuracy to put the football exactly where he wants it. Like, you, you know that term when people say bullseye? Michael yeah. Penix understands what it means uh, to hit the bullseye. And he, he does it early. He does it mid-game. He does it late in ball games, And he makes it look so easy when, it, when, when he does do it. Uh, I love the young man, man. I, I like what he stands for. Um, he's faced a lot of adversity. 
um, coming back from two ACLs, but that also lets you know the mental side of things and how he's mentally strong and he didn't let those injuries derail his plan and what, you know, the good man upstairs had for him. But to watch him carve up that defense last night in person, and I seen it against Oregon the first time around in person as well, Michael Penix Jr. is the best. He has the best arm talent in this draft class when it comes to quarterbacks. It's one thing you talk about his accuracy and look at just like completion percentage because that's one level of accuracy, right? Like everybody, oh, what's his completion percent? We hear that in the NFL all the time, completion percent. But he like takes it to that next step to the level. At the college game, he takes it to that next level that we usually reserve for the upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm talking about the Aaron Rodgers, the 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 Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he is going to be those guys, but it's the accuracy that he has to continuously put balls where they only his guys can get them, hit guys in stride so you can get those yards after the catch so the guy doesn't have to slow down to make the catch or make the adjustment to bring in that pass. So the completion percentage number looks good, but it goes beyond that. When you watch him, he is just so surgical. And because he now put that on display against one of the best teams in the country in Texas, is he in the conversation to be one of those top quarterbacks taken in April in the NFL? Oh, he has to be. He has to be, and I think what he displayed last night, what he displayed in the Pac-12 championship game, um, time and time again, figuring out ways to win when the weather isn't ideal. we got to remember, he played in the Pac-12, and when you're um, you know, on that side of the country, sometimes you're going to have some sleet. Sometimes you're going to have some fog. You're going to have some rain. You may have some snow. He still found a way to get it done passing the football in any, kind, any type of weather. And, and, and for me, when you talk about Michael Penix Jr., you got to look at this guy, and a lot of people, you know, tried to downplay his athleticism. I thought last night um, some of those questions really got answered because they had some quarterback design runs in which he, you know, really put the team on his back in those regards. Three three carries for thirty one yards, but it was a pivotal. Uh, there were pivotal moments in the ball game when they really needed it as a football team, and to be able to elude pressure and still deliver the football under duress with accuracy, not everybody has that net. And his first explosive completion was for 77 yards on a corner route, a pylon route, whatever you want to call it, to the deep sideline on the right side of the football field to Jalen Polk. I It's probably five quarterbacks, if five, that can make that throw in the National Football League where the, where the wide receiver doesn't break stride, and he can you just catch that football and have the yak, the yards after the catch. It's it's just so fun to watch him play. I think that's part of the, the, the thing for me. And I, I'm glad you brought up the athleticism because I feel that was the one knock on him, at least in some of the pre-draft stuff I've seen now diving into, okay, who are going to some of these, these top players be? Where do, where do the Michael Penixes, the Bo Nixes of the world end up falling? And the biggest knack on him is like, well, he's just kind of a pocket passer in the NFL. Not that you need to be Lamar Jackson, but you do need to have that athleticism, be able to maneuver in the pocket, escape some pass rush and be able to make those throws downfield and he answered all those questions last night you mentioned the, the the three carries that he had I mean he had negative rush yards all season like he he wasn't somebody that was taking off so to have him show that athleticism that he probably had when he was a bit younger at Indiana before he had some of the surgeries that he's had some of the knee, knee issues he's had to show that burst of hey yeah I mean he's not out there being Lamar Jackson but at the same time yeah, he can pick you up ten yards. He can extend the he can extend the drive. He can roll out of the pocket and pick up that that first down if you need it. To me, that answers a lot of the questions and puts him 
I think if there's a team in the mid to late first round that's looking for a quarterback, they may get very fortunate. They may get very lucky because I think they're going to get somebody really good in Michael Penix Jr. Well, it, it only takes one team, right? Um, whether that team is in the top five, whether that team is in the top ten, whether it's in the mid-first round or whether it's late in the first round. We look at a guy named Lamar Jackson right now, and the Baltimore Ravens moved back into the first round to take him. Well, that was a miss by 31 other football teams. Now, I'll take out probably, what, three to five, three to four of those football teams who probably had a franchise quarterback. But in, in hindsight 2020, Lamar Jackson – proved a lot of people wrong you look at the year that Patrick Mahomes came out and you look at the quarterbacks that went before Patrick Mahomes well guess what the Kansas City Chiefs they've been to three Super Bowls won two of them and Patrick Mahomes has won two MVPs as well so all it takes is one team to believe in you and if that one team happens to be drafting at number four or number five and they like Michael Penix more than every other quarterback then they're going to take Michael Penix Jr. I mean and that's just the, the lay of the land that's how this works when it comes to the draft process if if he ends up going mid to late first, I think that could be amazing for him because he ends up in a situation where, I mean, how many quarterbacks have we seen that have to carry the load early in their careers and they don't have that supporting cast around them? Yep. If he ends up in a spot mid to late first round that already has some of that talent and maybe he can sit for a year, maybe you don't want him to sit for a year because he is going to turn 24 before the, the, the regular season starts in the NFL but, man, I, I just see him being – just seeing that accuracy, and you can't teach that, man. Like, that is just something that he has that very few other quarterback prospects do have. He's going to make some team very, very happy when he's drafted there come this spring. We're going to continue to talk about this, but we're going to bring in the expert. Mel Kuyper Jr. on Michael Penix Jr. And what the Bears should do with that first pick in the draft is next on ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.